Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, kind of with a makeshift uh, recording area. Just bought a, a house last Friday, so we're still kind of moving some, some stuff in. So sorry for the sound if it's not up to... Up to normal par, but uh, definitely wanted to do some more um, another episode this week. Uh, being that I did just pretty much a quick one last week with USC 251, which it wasn't a bad pay per view. Um, some some questions, you know, but we're gonna touch on that a little bit later on. But gonna look back the past two weeks, so last week and this week of um, sports news. You know, Patrick Mahomes signing the the big record-setting contract in sports history. Um, and, you know, some Eagles talk. Deshaun Jackson was in the news earlier, uh, late last week, I should say, after uh, I recorded anyways. But I give my opinion about that with um, people, you know, yelling for him to be cut and things of, of that nature. But before all that, head over to Twitter. Follow us there at ST Sports Podcast. I'm there 99% of the time, so if you want to argue about why Deshaun Jackson should have been cut, or not cut, or my sound stunk this this week or whatever. Hey, you know that's where you find us. But also um, like and share our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel because once I do finally get moved into where I want to be recording, I hear motorcycles like that in the background. Um, I'm gonna do uh, live shows as well. So getting into the the episode here. So like I said, Patrick Mahomes last week. Signed a 10-year, 503 million dollar contract. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, now, really, it's more of a 12-year contract because he still had two years left on his rookie deal. And with this contract that he signed, um, he'll be making an average of 45 million dollars a year. It's the the biggest contract in any sports history baseball hockey anything now a lot of people were like were shocked that the chiefs did it this early but if you really think about it the chiefs were smart by doing it now <clears throat> because with the pandemic going on not knowing how football is going to go this year most likely next year the salary cap is going to at best stay the same so, by signing him now, you're not going to have to worry about paying him $50 million a year. 
and you got him for the next 12 years. And really, if you, once you break the contract down, and everything you know, it, it sounds like it's a it's it's big, and it is big. But really, it's a, a year-to-year contract after I think I saw it was like after the 2023 season, because at signing. Um, only $63 million of the 141 were guaranteed. And after the 2023 season, it breaks down that um, if he's on the roster the third day of the calendar year of 2024, then his 2025 year is guaranteed. And basically, it goes like that until you know the life of the contract. And the other parts, too, were the, the incentives. It really wasn't too many incentives other than he gets um, $1.25 million if he wins the Super Bowl and $1.25 million if he's named the NFL MVP for the life of the contract. So that's how the numbers really come up to $503 million. Now, I think, though... This was a, a risk for the Chiefs because all it takes is one Alex Smith injury or Dante Culpepper injury, and he still owed that money. So you're paying, you're going to be paying a boatload of money for a quarterback that may never recover. Now it, it, it's one of those what ifs, you know, could be, should be type deals, but. It's a risky move. I think, you know, he's definitely the franchise, the face of the, the franchise. He's definitely shown he's the quarterback for that team. He's not a one-hit wonder, if you want to call it that. But $503 million, that is a lot of money that you're tying up in one position. I understand the quarterback position is a very valuable you know very highly valuable position on the team that you want to take care of but now even though the next two years he's still only making i think five million dollars um on his rookie deal once that's up and he hits this new contract what kind of salary cap shape is the chief's going to be in then you know uh i'm sure you know, you got Kelsey there. It's going to probably get, want uh, a new contract or redo his contract once Zach Ertz and um, uh, Little from the Niners sign their deals. Because, uh, again, I, I say I stated this a few times on the show that I still think Zach Ertz and Kelsey are the 1-2 of tight end positions in the league. So he's going to want to get paid. How do the Chiefs pull that off? Now, Mahomes' deal is heavily backloaded. So do they front load maybe Kelsey's and not backload his contract? You know, it's going to be interesting to see, but this is a, I, I really think this is a really risky move by the Chiefs. It's a good move. You know, I agree with it, but man, it's a lot of money tying up in one position now moving on to 
this whole Washington Redskin situation with them changing their name now um, came out Monday that they have announced that they are going to retire the 87 year old Redskin logo and name and look into renaming it before the start of training camp which there's only roughly what two weeks till we get training camp here uh Daniel Snyder for a while fought this he did not want to change it and I think the last draw was late last week um three of the <clears throat> uh minority owners threatened to uh, sell their share of the team Amazon stopped selling Redskin merchandise and even FedEx wrote a letter to the team saying change the name or we're not sponsoring the stadium anymore even though they signed a contract back in I think it was like 2004 or so I I saw I don't know I, I don't mean to start any bad blood or, or any fights with you guys but I don't know how the Redskin logo is offensive you know there and then uh, on top of that reading uh, the article on ESPN the rumor came out that um, they were thinking about naming the Washington Warriors and this this group that got the ball rolling to get this get the, the name changed <clears throat> and it turns out that this was actually in the works um, changing the name for a while because Daniel Snyder and the league came out and said that he did start the paperwork and start talking to them a few months ago about changing the name but when the rumors started to come out that they were thinking about changing the name to the Washington Warriors this group was against that they want nothing to do they want the name to, anything to do with any type of Native American and a funny part about this whole situation is the, the person that made the logo was a Native American and I understand the you know the times have changed and, and things like that and everything that we're going through right now you know there, ne there needs to be some changes but what it, it, it wasn't a white person that made this this logo or a black person made this logo if it was offensive now why wasn't it offensive back then when the Native American who made the logo made it should have been offensive back then as well and I'm probably gonna start you know stir some shit up here and you know I appreciate everybody's opinion and I welcome it too I'm you know I'm curious to see what everybody's opinion about this um, situation is but as far as the new logo um, coming about the Redskins released the statement saying Dan Snyder and coach Ron Rivera are working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition uh, tradition rich franchise and inspire our sponsors fans and community for the next hundred years now they did say they're gonna keep with the the burgundy and gold and Ron Rivera said he would like to go more towards the military 
side of the logo, which I think would be pretty cool. I mean, with you know um, the naval bases down there in DC and stuff like that, I think they should really go something with the navy, um, like a naval logo types, uh, something like that. But uh, if if and going back to when I read that, that you know when when the rumor came out about the them possibly naming it the Washington Warriors, <clears throat> the person that was pushing for this said that you know like I said they don't want it. Well, if that's the case, you got to change Golden State Warriors. You know, I mean, if you can't use Warriors for the NFL, why can't you use it for the NBA? If we're gonna change one, we gotta change them all. At some point, I think we really need to sit down with the people that may feel that this is, you know, a logo or a name may feel it's it's discriminatory or or hurtful. And both sides need to keep an open mind and hear each other out. Just like Deshaun Jackson, going in going into that story here. Um so last week on his Instagram, he posted a Adolf Hitler quote that was aimed towards the Jewish community, basically saying they're gonna um, blackmail America to take it over. He thought it was more of a inspirational, uplifting quote, and in hindsight, it turned out that it's really not. Let's be honest. Anything Adolf Hitler said is not uplifting at all so Philly the Eagles um, sat down talked to him about it and in the end they find it find him a substantial amount they didn't say how much it also said he still has a lot of work to do to prove to be on this team now there's a couple things I want to say about this about this situation with, with uh, Deshaun Jackson. As, as far as the Eagles uh, fans, yelling for him to be cut, you know, he, he doesn't deserve to be on the team, this and that, the other thing. Did he mess up? Oh, God, yeah, he messed up. This is one of those didn't think before I hit send situations. Because let's not forget, his boss and the owner of his team are both Jewish. So, if he meant to do this, why, if he didn't mean to do this, that's what I meant to say, if he didn't mean to do this, why would he send it out there knowing his bosses are Jewish? I don't think he purposely did it so he could get off the team, because let's look at the stories the past couple weeks. He's been mentoring Jalen Hurts. He's been mentoring... Jalen Rieger, the the new rookie that we drafted, he's and he legit feels like he wants to be with the Eagles and finish his career with the Eagles. So I, I just I think this is a really big oops by him, and I hope he learns lesson. And I'm glad also to see you know Julian Edelman came out said that he wants to uh, take Deshaun to the. Um, Holocaust Museum 
And then there was a, a Holocaust survivor that, that offered to sit down with him and talk to him about all the, the situations that he survived. And Deshaun accepted both of their invites, which uh, I'm proud of that. And that's, that's the thing is that's how we, we help change the stuff that's going on. We all have to keep an open mind of what's going on. We may, one person may think they're right until they hear the other person's side of the story and it'll be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that's right. You sound like I understand what you mean now. I understand your side of the story now. Now, for the people yelling to cut them and this and that, fortunately, the Eagles already set the precedent for something like this. Back with Riley Cooper. Let's not forget. I mean, granted, he's... Well, Riley Cooper's no Deshaun Jackson. You know, he had one great... Well, one good year that he got that big contract um, extension, the five years or whatever. And I won't lie, I was a big Cooper fan. I, you know, I have, I have one of his jerseys. I thought he was possibly the, the next big Eagle receiver for us, but didn't pan out that way. But let's not forget what happened to him at the the con uh, the country uh, concert he was at. I forget who he was seeing. Dropped the N word towards a, a person, and they find him some you know substantially. They didn't cut him. So the Eagles, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, set the precedent of okay if you if you do something racial. Whether it's a slur or, or crime, here's how we're going to handle At a minimum, this is what's going to happen. Depending on how bad the um, offense is, it would be more. So sticking with some Eagles talk here, the bodyguard is back with the Eagles. Jason Peters signs a one-year deal for uh, $3 million with incentives that could re make it reach $6 million. And no, he's not playing tackle. He is going to play right guard, replacing Brandon Brooks, who tore his uh, ACL out. Or I'm sorry, not ACL, Achilles. Yeah, got the A's right. Now, I did see a lot of Eagles fans were upset over this, this signing. One, because Brian Baldinger from the NFL Network came out and said that the Eagles were going to make you know, a big signing to make the team a lot better mid-July, this and that. One, I hope this is not the big sign he's talking about because if it is, uh, NFL Network, you better check and make sure he's not doing drugs. Big sign to me would be like clowny sign with the Eagles for $5 million or us trading for Jamal Adams or you know something of, of that nature this is a good signing I do I do like this signing don't get me wrong but this is not the the sign that's going to push the Eagles over the Super Bowl type you know news so you know I saw some of the Eagles fans were against this you know he's going to be false starting the snap I think this is the best spot for him and here, here's another reason why I like the Eagles signing it, because he's an insurance policy for our left tackle. 
Andre Dillard is supposed to be taking over from day one as our left tackle. Let's just say he doesn't perform as well as we thought. We could always bounce Peters back to left tackle and Dillard to right guard. Because Dillard could play right guard. And plus put on a little bit of that strength this offseason. I think I I think that, that would be a good situation. Also, let's say Dillard plays a little bit better than we were expecting, but not as good as we were expecting. Peters is still there to to mentor him, and that's what he's that's what he did for Dillard's rookie year. Also, as far as Jason Peters, with you know all the false starts, he's not going to worry about edge rushers now. That's the main reason why he was jumping off sides all the time. If you look at the stats and, and the game film, most of the time that he was doing false starts was because he's going up against speed rushers. Now he's moved inside where all he has Lane Johnson on his right side that he has to worry about the speed rusher. If they do some type of... Um, stunt he's going to be already in a stance ready for the speed rusher to come at him I really like the signing and obviously I hope we win the Super Bowl but I really hope we do win the Super Bowl just for Jason Peters to say hey I played in a Super Bowl and it's only three million dollars for for a future Hall of Famer I think that's, this was a very good um, pickup. So this past weekend was UFC 251. Masvidal versus Usman. The What's the word I'm trying to look for? Uh, first, The first fight of Fight Island. Unveiling of Fight Island. And overall, I think I think it was a pretty good card. It was some good fights on the main card. I mean, like I said, you had Usman Masvidal for the welterweight belt. We had uh, Volganovsky versus Max Holloway for the featherweight belt. Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo for the bantamweight uh, belt. Rose Namahunez versus Jessica Andrej. Vers- uh, for just, uh, honestly, I think it was maybe more of a one- uh, Number one contender fight, the way it sounded afterwards, and then kicking it off was Paige Van Zandt versus Amanda Rebus. Obviously, Paige Van Zandt, we all knew she was going to lose. That was her last fight on her UFC contract. Even Dana White came out and said he suggests Paige Van Zandt um, test a free agent water. So I will not be surprised if within a week we see her over signed with Bellator. And then, you know, when she's at Beltor, I'd be curious to see how she does. Beltor, to me, is like the... The triple A of the UFC. They're good fighters over there, but they're not the type, the, the, the five-star type fighters that the UFC has. The Rose Namu Yunez fight, I got wrong. And I'll tell you what, 
I was a, I, I picked Andrej to win because I was thinking Rose would have a lot of ring rust and just didn't seem like her mentality was all there because of everything that's happened in the past year retiring then coming back then having you know a family member pass away because of covid just didn't think she'd be all there and i'll tell you what man i i thought it was one of her better performances even though it was a split decision a little questionable i think but uh i think during the commentary think someone suggested about Rose possibly going for a championship now I I'm not a, a big believer in you win one fight you go you go for the belt I think she needs to do one more top three type contender fight and then go for that belt because if she could put a very good performance on again that may make Amanda Nunez rethink about retiring and come back and fight. Then after her, we had a little bit of um, a little bit of controversy, maybe. Uh, Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo. Peter Yan won the vacant bantamweight belt left by Henry Cejudo, who's already talking crap. Like just either go retire or come back and fight. Pick one. I hate these fighters that oh I'm re- you know I'm retired. Uh, but I still could beat you this net. Well, then come back and, and stop talking behind a keyboard. Good fight up until the end. Jose Aldo was on his back, covering his ears. Probably a good 50 punches Peter Young was, was connecting with. I mean, it looked like he was connecting with him. And the ref was giving Aldo all the room in the world to try to, to get out of it. And he was moving, and maybe that's the reason why the ref was giving a little bit of leeway between the two, and you know, instead of stopping the fight. But in the end, Peter Yan won due to punches. Then we had the co-main event. This was controversy, and it still is. Volkanovski defeats Max Holloway for the the featherweight belt to retain it. I had Holloway winning. Sounds like a lot of people had Holloway winning. Was it a close fight? Yes. But I had 1-2 Holloway, 4-5 for Volganovsky. And I, I had 3, like a 10-9 round for Holloway uh, in the third round. Now, unfortunately, this is what happens when you bring inexperienced judges. The judges that were there weren't your your typical MMA judges because, again, you know, with everything going on, can't fly over certain countries from America. But if there's one thing and probably only one thing I agree with Dana White, in this sport, you cannot leave anything in the judges' hands because you don't know how it's going to go. And that's exactly what happened here. Now, I, I liked the one question uh, the, the reporter asked Dana White at the, the post-fight conferences. 
normally you don't see a third fight after a fighter gets two losses but with this one being controversial does Holloway get a rematch I know I've said on, on the show here a few times that I'm totally against fighters getting a title fight coming off of losses. This one, though, I, I think is different. Like I said, it, I think Holloway won. So I really think this little uh, war between the two of them is 1-1. I think you have to give Holloway the rematch. Otherwise, give him a number one contender fight don't make him go back and try to win three fights in a row that's to me just not fair so hopefully UFC Dana White and the matchmakers do right and and give Max Holloway a rematch then main, main event Usman versus Masvidal The 16-0 obviously showed its face for Masvidal. First round, he looked good. But as the fight went on, he just started slowing down. Um, Usman pretty much just grappled him. Foot stomped him. Foot stomped him. Foot stomped him. Grappled him. You know, I mean, can't be mad at a guy that that's how he wants to fight. You know, let him fight that way. May not be entertaining to us. But he wants to hold that belt. He wants to win the belt. That's all he cares about. That's all these fighters care about is how to win. I'm not here to entertain. I mean, you kind of are, but you're. that's not in your head when you're in the, the ring. You're trying to not get your head taken off. But the interesting thing about this is the next day, Masvidal came out and said he wants a rematch. Immediate rematch. And he said even if that means passing up a a huge payday against Conor McGregor. Here's, Here's the thing. Can he beat Usman? I still think he could. I think if he had a full training camp I think he could beat Usman does he deserve it no because again you you rolled the dice there like he said he rolled the dice on his momentum and he came up short I'm not saying he goes all the way back to the line and has to start fighting you know 15th ranked guys give him someone in the top 5 give him the Conor McGregor you know a week or so before this fight, the, the rumor came out that Connor might have been getting the, the chance at the 170 title, this and that. Well, make this a number one contender fight. If Masvidal can dominate Connor McGregor, then yes, he deserves a, a rematch then after that fight. And also, I mean, that if Connor were to fight Masvidal, th- this is time now to strike for that fight. You know, we've seen plenty of times, you know, Fedor versus Brock Lesnar, Fedor versus uh, Randy Couture, I think we wanted to see. You know, Chuck Liddell versus Rampage was just a couple years too late. You know, GSP versus Anderson Silva, 
just a couple years too late. This is a time to strike now. You got two very good strikers. Most likely not going to see any, any groundwork with these these guys. And you are going to sell a shitload of pay-per-views. So both guys are going to make money. Got to make that match. That's that's the only match to make for Mass at all. And I think for McGregor. So I think that's going to be it for this week. Um, definitely an interesting week for me. You know, with the, the whole move and everything. But luckily we have some sports coming back. August 1st, it was released the, the NHL schedule. August 1st is the first games. Baseball is in, what, two weeks? You know, NFL training camp is going to be right around the corner, hopefully. So we'll have a lot more topics to talk about. So head over to Twitter. Follow us there at ST Sports Podcast. Like and share our Facebook page. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. Because like I said, we're going to eventually have some live shows on there. You guys could interact with me. And hopefully next week, once I have the house all set up, I'll, I'll even do a live audio um, on Podbean like I did a couple weeks ago. So till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.